ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome into this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade. I'm Ryan Labner, joined by fellow GolfChannel.com senior writer Rex Hoggard. And Rex, uh, a quick note before we begin. We obviously know that these are unprecedented times in this country. We're ravaged by the coronavirus pandemic. We're hammered by an economic collapse. And now we're divided once again by race. And, and it was heartwarming to see some golfers like Tiger Woods and John Rahm and Harold Brown III lend their voice to the issue of of racial inequality and a couple of those players will be in Fort Worth, Texas next week as we get ready for the PGA tour restart at colonial Rex. You'll be there along with 16 of the top 20 players in the world. I'll be about two hours from home in Ponte Vedra beach, Florida for the brand new corn Ferry challenge at TPC sawgrass. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, now that we're T minus seven days from, from getting on the ground once again at a golf tournament with the, world very much different than it was three months ago yeah the next time we have this conversation i'll be tucked away you both of us will be tucked away in some makeshift media center somewhere which is a start to something close to normal but to touch on what you talked about i mean everything that we have seen over the last week has started as far as social injustice goes and and tiger woods came out with a very very eloquent statement last night via twitter but i really want to just touch real quickly on what harold varnell Varner had to say, and if anyone hasn't seen it, I'm not going to read it. It's, it's, it's quite lengthy, but it's also quite thoughtful. And the idea is, I think it, it's very difficult for anyone to sort of find that line between being outraged, which I think, which we all are outraged, and finding a line that, okay, let's have the voices speak without causing more damage, without looting, without more crime, without more destruction. And I, I think Harold did a very good job of that. Yeah, I would totally agree with you, Rex. And it was a very eloquent, as usual, from Harold Varner III. And and as we look forward now to Colonial, we'll we'll focus on the the golfer, the purpose of this podcast. And um, you'll you'll be there at Colonial, as we mentioned. What do you think it says that 16 of the top 20 players in the world are going to be teeing up there in the first PGA Tour event since mid-March? We want to play golf, man. I mean, that's it. Every guy I've spoken to, I'm sure every player that you've spoken to over the last couple of weeks is tired of being at home. I'm tired of being at home. I'm, I've pretty much done every. This is the longest. This is the longest you've ever been trip. at home, isn't it? Oh, by far. Yeah. And I've done every chore, every project, everything you could possibly think of. So I'm, I'm out of things to do. I just kind of wander around my house these days and sort of just 
stare at walls because you're just out of things to do at three months. Apparently that's the mark that we got to, but when you look forward to next week, and I did think it was interesting on Monday and we knew this was coming, but the tour released what they're calling is a participant resource guide. And it was 34 pages and a lot of what we already the, talked on about. On top of the what? 37 pages that they already released for the health? Yes. The health and plan. safety plan. Yeah. Health Good and safety Lord. plan, which came in. Uh, there's a lot of plans going on in Ponte Vedra beach. And, and I understand justifiably. So, I mean, as we have said numerous times, if we're playing a drinking game, these are unprecedented times. So drink up. But the one thing that did stand out to me from the resource guide, and look, these are a lot of things that we've covered before, but the tour's quote-unquote layered testing. And one of the things that stood out, we've talked about this, that players are going to have to get tested before they leave to go to a tournament site, and then they will be tested as soon as they arrive at the tournament site. But the difference in this resource guide on Monday was that the test at home before players and caddies travel is not mandatory. It's not what they've been calling a condition of the competition. It's, quote, highly encouraged and a lot of this is predicated on the idea that, look, there's going to be multiple testing, but it seems to me that if you start picking apart the plan, and, and look, we did we did this last week, and Adam Scott is probably the one that has spoken the best about this, is there are holes in this plan. And I think giving players, caddies, the option of getting tested before they get on a plane, before they get in an RV, however it is, they're going to get to that first tournament and making it mandatory – I don't quite understand why you would give them that leeway in this particular tense and very, very important situation. Yeah. And the, and the players, if I, if I'm reading this correctly, are also uh, recording, you know, doing daily screenings for themselves and recording their temperature each day to, to make sure uh, that there's no spikes in temperature and potential uh, fever there, which would is at least one symptom of the coronavirus. And in media, just like yourself and, and myself are strongly encouraged to be tested before heading on site. Well, it seems, it still seems to me that the PJ tour is still so lax compared to other sports. Just take for, for instance, hockey, the, the NHL estimated that they would need between 25,000 and 35,000 tests over the course of the postseason. They want to test before every single game that every single team is playing in the playoffs. They figure that that those twenty five to thirty dollars tests would would go at a hundred twenty five dollar price tag. So we're talking about three to four million dollars in order to have what they would consider to be a safe environment for their players. They said, "Look, that's the cost of staying safe in these on these these unprecedented times." Why isn't the PGA Tour taking a stance like that? Just eat the money and know that that you have to provide this type of, of testing for everyone to feel safe returning to competition. I don't know if this is a, a question of eating money, and it should be pointed out that these tests that the players and the caddies are, be, are being asked to take at home before they travel to tournament sites, at least two of those tests are being provided by the PGA Tours. And every test that's going to be given during the tournament week is going to be provided by the PGA Tours. So the tour is already paying for these tests. And to your point, I just think this is – a very, very fine line that not just the PGA Tour, but every sport is having to walk right now. And if you go back just a few weeks, drink up, I'm going to say fluid situation if you're playing the drinking game at home. NHL said that they would not take tests away from any community that still needs it where there's shortages. What they have since come out with is we are going to test before every game. And as you pointed out, hundreds of thousands of tests are going to be needed if they're going to complete their season. According to the reports I saw, the NBA is going to need about 15,000 tests 
to complete their season. And who knows how many football will need when the time comes. Every sport is having to walk this line between taking away resources that are still short in some communities and making sure that you're as safe as possible. There is no right answer right now for this. I don't think the tour has it. I don't think the NHL has it. I don't know that we're ever going to get there until there is a vaccine. Yeah, but I would certainly err on the side of what the NHL is is proposing, which is sure. testing before every single game. We've we've gone back and forth in this podcast before. The at-home testing is fine. Testing once you get to the host site is fine. And and that's it. Unless unless you were hopping on that tour charter on Monday morning after the tournament to go to the next tournament site, you are not having an actual test to see if you have the coronavirus for what what's that? 5 days. I mean, you're just going to have these daily screenings and a, and a questionnaire. You're not actually having a test during the competition to determine whether, whether you have the virus. And to me, uh, that, that just – I'm not sure why you wouldn't err on the side of, of NHL. The, the testing – the amount of, of testing that we have in this country has significantly ramped up over the past three months. And to me, uh, it just doesn't seem like the, the tour is quite prepared um, to offer the kind of testing that, that would make players feel safe. Obviously, 16 of the top 20 players in the world feel comfortable doing this. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to see how it goes. Uh, you're, you're hopping on a, on a flight, Rex, for the first time since what, Mexico in late February? Yeah, last flight. I mean, how do, I, how do you I how do you feel remember about how to do it? I, know, I mean, how do you feel about the prospect of, <laughs> of hopping on a plane? The players, the players that I've talked to, that to that to them is the scariest proposition. It's not the fact of playing seventy-two holes and socially distancing. They don't think that's going to be a problem. They would they would sit um, in their hotel room and be totally fine. They'd get in a rental car and wipe it down. That's not the issue to them. It is hopping on a commercial flight and flying to the tournament site and getting ready to play. That's the part that's scary. What do you? How do you feel about that that proposition now? Yeah, on the checklist of things that I would think about, that is very, very high. And to, to prove the point, just this morning, my wife and I were having a conversation about how I'm getting to the airport on Monday. And normally, I would take an Uber to the airport. That's what we do, right? That's that's what we've always done. And then I said, no, I'm going to go ahead and drive one of our cars. Her argument back to me was, you're getting on a plane, which is probably no cleaner or no more infected either way than that Uber car might be, and, let, and yet you're going to decide to drive. I know it doesn't make sense. It's irrational. I certainly get it. But yes, getting on the plane, there are certainly going to be some tense moments. And you're, you're going to wear the face mask. You're going to wear the gloves. Uh, from what I've been told, the plane is only about going to be half full for the foreseeable future. So there is some sort of social distancing between you and the person next to you. But you're also in a can and you're recycling air. And I, I think this is something that everyone is going to have to get used to. I, I wrote a story, and we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, about the first event after 9-11. And it's not a perfect comparison, but it is a comparison. And one of the things that got brought up talking with players who played in that first event after 9-11, which was in Pennsylvania, was getting on the plane and how surreal it felt and how uncomfortable it was. And it's going to be the same way, just not for me, but everyone who's got to make it to Fort Worth or Hilton Head or wherever it is you're going over the next few weeks. So once, they, once these players and, and yourself get on site and you know the, the players are going to be tested, they're, they're what not allowed to to access the golf course. You can, you can go to the practice area, but you can't actually get on the golf course until you get cleared um, from the PGA tour medical official that, that you do not have uh, the virus and you're able to, to, to practice and prepare as usual. Let's, let's go over these guidelines for what we're going to see in a week. Now, it's going to be unusual in the fact that there's not going to be agents 
uh, player agents around. All of the players are going to have smaller entourages, which is certainly not going to be good news for Bryson and his 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 band of of traveling warriors. Um, we're going to have players in, in caddies and in, in host hotels. They're going to be discouraged from in restaurant dining. What do you anticipate? You're going to get to Fort Worth on Tuesday. What are you anticipating Tuesday and Wednesday uh, to be like as these players navigate their new normal? I think it's going to be a learning experience for everyone involved. And this, I mean, other than the actual act of hitting the golf ball, it's going to be completely different, which is kind of interesting to me. And my mind immediately went to, I was testing, texting back and forth over the weekend with Ryan Palmer, who is a member at Colonial, and he's planning to play that first event. And he was on the first tee at Colonial. I don't know if you've ever been there, if you've seen it. It's a very tight and confined space. They sort of have this brick wall of champions that sort of frames one side of the tee. And his immediate thought was, how can I stay six feet away from everyone who's going to be on this tee? And there will be people other than just he and his caddy. There'll, there'll be a walking scorer. Shotlink is still going to be a part of this process. There'll be, probably be some sort of first tee announcer. All these things are going to factor into it. There's going to be that first awkward exchange when a caddy hands another caddy the flag. And you kind of have to think twice about it, right? We saw over the course of the last few weeks with the matches involving Rory and DJ or Phil. He's got loose Brady. real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you meet, your mind immediately sort of wanders when you get in a familiar situation, which this will be for everybody involved. This is what we do for a living. I know how to handle a flag. I know when to hand it to the next guy. And then it suddenly dawns on you, nope, shouldn't have done that. Like, that's not social distancing. So it'll be a learning experience for everyone involved. Personally, and this is so inside baseball, just from covering the event, it's going to create new challenges that I've never even considered. That I'm sure you and I have never considered about how you just don't have access to players. You don't have access to the people who are playing the game that you need to write about, that you need to talk about. And you're going to have to come up with new ways to fill in those blanks because right now I don't know how we're going to do it. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to get into that. And it, it, it is in some ways inside baseball, but I, I also think it's important – the people listening to this podcast are, are going to be reading about it on our on our website because the way that they consume the news, the information that they're getting is going to be different. Um, I'm I'm reading over this media welcome letter that we've gotten when I'm going to be covering the the Corn Ferry Challenge, and and obviously there's not going to be spectators on site, but we're not going to be allowed inside the ropes. We have to walk on cart paths. You know, the the media center is going to be what it is for the TPC Sawgrass, but it's going to be very limited media I, I i'm covering this tournament because we both put in cred, for credentials for colonial and the new regulations now are one person per outlet a total of five members of the national media allowed and what's the number 30 to 40 media members total when you include local tv radio newspapers magazines websites i mean that is a very small media footprint that is going to be covering these these golf tournaments, isn't it, Rex? Well, and you and I both are going to face this, and it will be interesting because we're there to cover the golf tournament like we always do, the action on the field, which is what you know we love to do. It's why we, we have this job. But there's also going to be an element that this is the first event back. There's going to be stories to be told about how all of these things, about how surreal it is, about how caddies learn to deal with other caddies and their own players, how players learn to interact with other players. Shaking hands is what we do in this game. I mean, before a round, after a round, high fives. At least, none at of least fist bump. Uh, yeah. So now you're going to revert to the elbow bump. I'm not quite sure. Please, and, and no. The, you don't like the elbow bump? No, please, no. What is the most acceptable version then? Give me that. 
I don't like air high fives either. All right. That you, why do you, why do we why do we, ha- why do we why I do we have to have any? Why do we why do we have to have any? Why can't we just have like a knowing nod? And just a knowing nod. You didn't like the air five between Rory and DJ during the at the end of the match? I mean, I liked it for the first one because it was funny. But do you really want to see that on on 18 Thursday through Sunday for every single group? I don't know. I don't know. I was talking with Lucas Glover about this, who was saying he has read the regulations and he feels like he has a good understanding. He said the one time it's probably going to be difficult is on Sunday afternoon. And let's say Kevin Na sinks that winning putt. You kind of celebrate. It's what you do. You get caught up in the moment. That's why we play the game, right? And the celebration is going to be awkward to say the least. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you can have player and caddy celebrate. And, and if you're a fellow playing competitor of, of Kevin Na and he just won $1.2 million and picked up another PGA Tour title, you want to congratulate him. Like you want to say, hey, man, great going. Well done. And you can't do that because the world is watching, waiting for you to screw up, waiting for you to, to violate these social distancing norms. Um, and that's going to be a, a little bit of a no-go. From, from your perspective, um, you know, interviewing players throughout the throughout the tournament week media is prohibited from approaching on their own, right? You know, interviews are facilitated by media officials. Players are going to be coming in to the flash area and doing the actual interviews on zoom. I'm sure people listening to this have done plenty of, of zoom calls with their, with their coworkers. We're, we're doing one right now to record this podcast. Um, you guys should see Vlad's flower room. It's quite impressive. Oh, it is it is wonderful, and and thank you for pointing that out on social media, uh, and mm-hmm. getting 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 some more hate mail coming through. Um, what do you what do you think of of how this is going to be um, perceived after after rounds of having these pool reporters and and just kind of having limited access to the players, just getting information of of what these rounds were like, and and do you think there's the potential for for news and stories to to fall through the cracks for these next six to nine months while we while we kind of hopefully loosen some of these restrictions. Oh, I think it's not only a possibility. I think it's, it's going to happen. There, there's no way it's not going to happen. Right. So even over the last three months, I don't know about you, but I don't know how many times I've kind of just stumbled into conversations with a player or an agent on a phone and, and stumbled into kind of a cool story that you had no idea was going on because you're not having that face-to-face interaction that we normally have. I mean, one of the best parts about my job, I feel like is being able to walk up and down a range and talk to players and talk to caddies and get an idea of how the golf course is playing, get an idea of what guy is playing well at the moment, what guy might not, might not be playing well, get an idea of what's important on the PGA Tour at the moment. I mean, just the text messages with Ryan Palmer over the weekend about how the golf course is going to play. I mean, it was so enlightening, and these are conversations that we haven't had in so long, and they're so difficult to have in this day and age because you don't have that face-to-face, but it's the golf course is green and lush and they've let the rough grow up. It's Bermuda rough, what they never do at Colonial, and the winds are going to howl. He expects something close to single digits under par winning it. You don't have that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, He he, he brought up some very good points. I mean, this if you really want to get into this, this factors into the idea. Think how many top players, Rory being the the primary one here, who have never played Colonial. And they're going to be showing up, playing a golf course, which – I mean, I've covered it a new, numerous years. I've gone out and played it. It's a uniquely demanding golf course, and it's different. You don't think you don't courses. think Rory can play small ball? Oh, absolutely, he can play small ball. But when you have two and a half inch Bermuda rough, and you drive it like he does with the angles of those fairways, think kind of the Sony Open, where the bombers sort of have to really work their their tee shots into some very very 
tight quarters. And I've discovered over the years, not saying that you can't, I've seen plenty of long hitters win at Colonial, but it's more challenging for them. I mean, I, I did see a report the other day saying that if the shorter or mid-length hitters on tour were ever going to have a time on the PGA Tour to shine, it's going to be these first four or five events back. Because if you look at them, I mean, we start Colonial and Hilton Head, which those are two of the best small ballparks on the PGA yeah. Tour. And then we go to the Travelers, and then, you know, Detroit is kind of more of a, a classic golf course. Now, once you get to Memorial, that's, that's a bomber's golf course. But, I mean, all these things sort of factor into it. But to your original question, yes, it's going to be completely different. And there's going to be stories that we'll probably hear about a year from now, and we'll just – I'll be kicking myself because I, didn't, I wasn't doing my job and digging up stories. And just to put a finer point on it, the, the range is going to be closed – for media members, we we're, we do not have Wait, access what? to that area. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would I would I would read these. Uh, let's see, my my corn fairy tour one is is three pages long. I'm not. I'm assuming that the PJ tour one uh, is is a little bit longer. What are what are your accommodations like next week? We're we're not we're not in this um, PJ tour player and caddy host hotel. Uh, you feel confident. You feel comfortable once you once you navigate the. Uh, <laughs> The, the the new normal of, of the airplanes. How do you feel about posting up at a at a local Marriott and, and kind of going through your own sanitation practices that way with with dining and all that? Having covered this event, you know, we're creatures of habit. You and I both are, so we stay at the same hotels, we eat at the same places, and we're very much yeah, we're boring people. I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. But having covered this event and stayed in this hotel, there will be a comfort level than that. But one thing that I just thought about over the last couple of days is there is no room service in the hotel. I'm staying at a Fairfield Inn. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out, like, how's this going to work? I mean, takeout is obviously going to be my only option after that. But I I, I didn't think it through when I did this. I I should have really put more thought into it. And PJ Tour tournaments, we're not going to have our traditional media dining. There is going to be grab-and-go stations. So I can see you just absolutely loading up on the grab-and-go station, stuffing it into your backpack and just schlepping back to your car with a – with a backpack full of, of ham and cheese sandwiches uh, and granola bars, water. Is that, am I envisioning that correctly? Oh yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you think that in my mind, that's a bad thing, I'll go back to the conversation we had right out of the gates. I am tired of wandering around my house trying to find things to do. So I will happily grab as many go, grab and go bags and take them back to my sad little hotel room and sit in the corner and just happily sit and chew and just think about, well, at least I'm not at home. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm so pumped to get back out there to talk to players, even if it is from from six feet away, and and get back to what to what we absolutely love to do. I mean, I've I've been doing this as as long as I was in high school. I mean, this is just what I love to do. I love following golf. It's great to have PJ Tour back on our TVs, and I know we're both looking forward to covering events next week. Now you're driving. Just to, right. just to, hold on. Wait, yes. I, I do want oh, to point yeah. something. I'm I'm driving. When do you plan on taking that first flight, and is that what what's high on your radar as far as concerns go? I mean, I was I was willing and 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 ready to go for this one. Did did not get to, did not get approved. The one the tournament I've really wanted to cover this year was the Memorial, and the reason why is I I've never had an opportunity to cover it. It always conflicts with the NCAA championship. Is as our Listeners probably know the the women's and men's NCAA championships are held in back-to-back weeks in late May, spills into early August, and the men's NCAA championship always finishes on Wednesday of Memorial Week, right? They always have the Nicholas Award winner. 
there on Wednesday. They receive the award. They get the exemption into the following year's tournament. It's, it's, it's a great thing. My father-in-law says Muirfield Village is his absolute favorite golf course in the world. I'm, he might be the only person uh, I've ever heard say that. Uh, but, but still, that is his perspective. I've always wanted to go. Always wanted to go. And this, I'm hoping, is finally going to be the year. And so I would gladly hop on a flight in mid-July for certainly one memorial tournament. And as, as you've reported along with others, uh, there's a possibility of back-to-back events at that very venue as well. Uh, back-to-back, the replacement venue for John Deere, hearing it's uh, probably going to be Workday is going to be the sponsor. So, yes, it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting week. Uh, I am not going to stand between you and Mirfield Village, so just go ahead and book your ticket by all means. I mean, I can't. It's a, that's all you, pal. We're hoping, I mean, both of us are hoping that that's going to be at least somewhat relaxed with these restrictions. How about just two per outlet? Two per outlet would be totally fine. I mean, Tiger, for all intents and purposes, is going to be there. He's a multiple winner at Jack's place. He's, he's going to play in that tournament. It's a perfect lead-in uh, to major season, which, of course, begins August 6th through 9th at the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park. Uh, fingers crossed for that one, of course. And so, look, that's a, that's a perfect tournament. Tiger will be there. Just give us, just give us two media per outlet. I, th- I, th- I feel that that's fair. Do you, do you not feel that that's fair? Uh, I do, too. But, again, I, I'm not going to deprive you of this. Just you plan on going, and then we'll see if we get to or not. Like, I, I did not Wonderful. realize you were this in, I did not realize you were oh. this invested in it. It's the, only, it's the only time I'll ever be able to cover yeah. it. I mean, there's no other year. There's no other year. You know, this is also the only time I'm not going to mute you during that time frame because it's, there is no NCAA, so it's perfect. Well, I mean, the memorial got pushed back to, to mid-July. There's no, there's no golf going on uh, in the college rank. Which, speaking of which – uh, Rex, there was some news that there, there is some news that came out this week. You, that's a professional segue, by the way. Uh, and yeah, that's yeah. this, that's this PGA tour university program that the PGA tour, uh, is, is unveiling. It's going to start this fall, assuming of course, that college golf actually gets off the ground with the coronavirus pandemic, still very much a part of our, our daily lives here in the United States. Um, and so this program, if you're, if you're not aware, you didn't see the stories on GolfChannel.com. this program is going to offer direct access for college seniors, it's going to be a, a new ranking system for the top 15 players. It's going to be formulated over a two-year window using the World Amateur Golf Ranking. The top five players on that points list, Rex, will have direct access and have their cards for the rest of the, of the season in 2021 on the Corn Ferry Tour. Number six through 15 will have their pick of which feeder system they want to go into, whether that's China, Latin America, Canada. You would think almost all of them will go to Canada uh, with, the, with the season uh, there, I obviously I think this is a, a boon to both college golf, which which will hopefully incentivize some of these players to stick around all four years, uh, as well as the PJ Tour, which is going to have more more tour ready players um, in its system right away. I love the fact now that you do have this dangling carrot for those top five. It is such a huge deal to have status for that summer on the Corn Ferry Tour. You're going to get roughly seven, eight, nine tournaments. Uh, on the regular season to earn enough points to either get inside the top 75, which would maintain your Corn Ferry Tour status for the following year. Heck, if you if you play great and get inside the top 25, uh, you can earn your PJ Tour card starting that fall. Um, and at the very least, you're exempt into the final stage of Q School and guaranteed at least some status uh, for the following year. So to me, it's it's a huge deal for college golf, and it kind of finally solidifies that partnership 
towards you know, between the, the PGA tour and college golf, which is, it's just been very strong now uh, for the past couple of years with some of these players who have, who have made direct leaps like, like Matthew Wolf and, and Victor Holland and Colin Morikawa, the, the, the gap is certainly shrinking between PGA tour and NCAA golf. Well, and it's particularly impressive to me because you see other sports struggling with this. I mean, obviously NCAA basketball with the one and done is getting, a lot of scrutiny right now. And a lot of people call NCAA football, essentially the minor leagues for the NFL. So there's issues in other sports, whereas I'll give the PGA tour full props on this one, that they wrote the policy in a very responsible way that you're not going to take away from college golf. My understanding is that this is only available to the four year players. Correct. Yep. And yep. in the other half of this is it is a, a good carrot. I mean, I had a colleague who once called the way the PGA tour handles their up and coming players, they kind of eat their young. And in this particular case, I think they've done a very good job of creating a model that gives these players something to play for, gives them a legitimate chance to start a professional career, even play their way onto the PGA tour that was never there before. So it is an impressive document. Yeah. And it is going to be the best of both worlds. Just to be clear, if you're an underclassman, you can still jump straight to the PGA tour. You're going to go this, this route that we've seen popular past decade where you're going to get those seven sponsor exemptions in the summer. If you're like a Matthew Wolf or a Hovland or a Morikawa, you can parlay those starts into PGA tour status or at Hovland's case, he got exemption and uh, got exempt into the corn Ferry tour finals where at that point he got his PGA tour card. So it's really the best of both worlds, college seniors and underclassmen will still have that route as well. So uh, that was certainly big news uh, for college golf fans and, and PJ tour fans who like seeing um, these young up and coming players uh, do their work. I think we'll end it there, Rex. Uh, thanks for hopping on the podcast with us. Thanks to all of you for listening to this edition of the Golf Central podcast presented by TaylorMade. Next week, Rex and I will be back on the road, much uh, to the delight of our wives, giving you a behind the scenes look at both the PGA Tour and Corn Ferry Tour Restarts events. Uh, we hope to see you then. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.